Welcome to The Analyzation Show, hosted by me, Anastasia. Every two weeks, I'm here to bring you an interview with the dreamers who are placing all of their bets on themselves to pursue their passions. This week, I speak with voice actress and popular true crime podcast host, Paula Barros. She's also known as Polly McPollerson in the South Florida comedy scene, which is where we met. The Analyzation Show will be right back. The very fabulous Polly McPollerson, Paula Barros. You are a woman of many names. You are a woman of many skill sets. How are you doing today? <laughs> Good. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for choosing me as one of your podcast guests. I feel, I was very honored when you texted me. I, that meant that I was interesting. And therefore, I was really happy with myself that day. And I'm happy with myself now. <laughs> I'll tell you this. The podcast is evolving. It's a work in progress. And it's one of these things that I'm realizing that the people who I'm drawn to interview are people who are just really passionate people, because I think the world we live in tries to put a lot of boxes around us and tries to give us these ceilings of saying, this is what you can accomplish. This is what you can do. This is what's possible. And I'm so inspired by people in my life like you who do things with their heart and are you could tell are sometimes on their own planet <laughs> but in the definitely. best way but definitely the best there is no one career path either it's like just like that's awesome doing that that's awesome doing that um, and pursuing it a hundred percent and then just like yeah and then you know when you do one thing it like leads to something else always it's very seldom that you do something that doesn't put you in front of some other opportunity right Absolutely. If someone calls you and says, Anastasia, will you host this thing? You will meet someone and you will meet that. And that will, especially in a city like Miami, where it's, it feels so big, but it's so small in, in, in the artist, I think, community, right? In our, our community. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. That's how I met you is through just saying yes and yes. That's it. You yeah. are someone who... Again, you have so many talents. People who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who are you? Tell us about who you are. I started off just like a girl from Kendall, from Miami, born in Chile. And I started off wanting to be an actress. So I did theater for like my entire college career, got like a whatever, but Miami Dade degree in theater. And that and directly after college brought me into voice acting. So I still, I, I consider myself a voice actress. I am a voice actor. That's how I make my money. A voice actress. Then I got into comedy. Then I got into podcasting. Uh, so I'm just, yeah, I'm a entertainer of sorts, right? And, Definitely. Uh, I think you're going to add to that list. You're going to continue to add to that list I for as so. long as you're alive. <laughs> I hope so, dude. I hope so. Um, so it was very interesting. I have, uh, I think the biggest thing I can share with you guys is like, um, uh, that I'm really proud of is a uh, sacred scandal. Uh, the story of the boy that killed the nun in my Catholic school in Kendall. And I think that's what got me he like, not huge, but like really into true crime. And then as sub I just finally nailed this word subsequently, I used to say subsequently, like a Spanish girl <laughs> has sub subsequently got me like more podcasts. And now I'm hosting all kinds of true crime podcasts. I remember you posting about it on social media. You actually went to Ukraine before the war was going on to tell this story of someone from your school, like you said, who had killed a nun. And 
what drew you to that story? Why bring that up so many years later? What, yeah. how, how did that come to be? Because somehow you ended up on a plane to Ukraine. That, I mean, I know that was my execution. little secret, right? That was my little secret is we met in comedy. We did, we knew each other all these years and I never did it. I didn't have that podcast. I didn't have that story as my backdrop or anything. And yeah, but you didn't know that I've been communicating with this person in prison for since I graduated pretty much. So that was my initial idea was with my best friend. We we're like, let's do this documentary. She was going to film school. I was like, I have a great story. Let's write to this guy. Let's find out why he really did it because the Miami Herald wasn't really, I mean, I remember, there was a little bit like there was abuse in that this kid might've gotten abused by the priest, but there was like, the priests weren't being charged. There was no, it was just like, oh, by the way, and he might've been abused and he got 30 years. Like that's, that was the, the headline. And to me, that just always, like, well, so yeah, all those years, Anastasia, all those years I had been letters and visits to prison and all that. My mom would be like, what are you doing? Just stop that. <laughs> but it finally, the podcast world boomed and grew and all of a sudden everyone wanted podcast ideas. And so we pitched with a really cool studio named Exile. We pitched thanks to them, to iHeart. And iHeart was like, let's do it. And once you have a little money, you can produce a good story. And I'm going to say, I give it up for all those people that are starting podcasts in their house with zero money right here, right? You're self-funding this, right? You're not coming Absolutely. in the network. I saw how easy it is to, obviously you get like all those downloads if you have a conglomerate like iHeart playing your ad to through all their radio stations because they have all these like satellite radios and all this. So that gives you we're so lucky to have that platform. Because if I just put this podcast out on my own, I don't know that it would have gotten, it could have, but. What was it like uncovering this about some, one of your classmates that you had this story? Put me in the place of where you were when this actually happened. This case for those who aren't familiar, obviously I want everyone to listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have it in the episode notes to check out Sacred Scandal. <laughs> Kendall murder. Give us, yeah. Give us a little um, bit of background. I mean, this is a true Miami story too. I'm in the school that looks like a castle on Sunset Drive in Kendall. My parents put me there because they were like, you're just going to have a better education than public school. I was definitely going the wrong route. Not that it was any better surrounded by murder at Holy Cross, but so when it happened, there was just one nun in the school. The school was run by these two priests. One day, these two priests decide that they want to bring these boys from Ukraine to train them to be Byzantine monks. And we were cool. We were like the Boston Globe-like story about sexual abuse in the church hadn't even come out. No one was really talking about abuse. No one was talking about any of that in the church yet. Dude. But when they did, we didn't stop. But back then, we were cool with all these boys just living with the priests and living in the on campus and moving into and going to class with us. And there were rules like you couldn't talk to these boys. There were like seven of these boys and they were like between 13 and 16. You couldn't really talk to them because they didn't want us to influence them in worldly ways. They were like cameras in the classrooms. That wasn't a thing back then in 2000, 2000. I just aged myself. <laughs> but uh, it's revealed. It's revealed. So, yeah, no. And there was this one nun, and one day, nun stabbed 92 times. And we didn't know what the hell was happening. And the next day, this boy that sat next to me in French was like, I did it. I did this. Like I, he confessed to the whole thing. So it's, that's not a spoiler guys. That's episode one. And that's, that's, what's cool about the story is that it just starts with murder. It's not like the climax to me. It was like, 
So what made a little boy from the mountains of Ukraine, from a little rural town of the mountains of Ukraine who just wanted to meet, be a priest, want to kill this nut? So I wrote him a letter, I think when I, yeah, when I graduated, we wrote him a letter, me and my best friend sat down and we were like, okay, dude, do you remember me? And he was like, I remember you, of course, you were the theater girl. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, how's it going? You're the first person to write to me. Yeah. Imagine you get put away in Miami. You're from Ukraine. The priest left, never talked to him again. His family's all the way in Ukraine. No one to talk to him, no one to visit him. And I was just the only contact. And he was like, I haven't had a visitor or anything since I've been here. And it'd been a couple of years, two maybe. So we went to visit him. And then, yeah. So then once you realize you're the only person in this person's life, empathy is so weird because it's, yes, you know what they did and you know that's obviously murder is wrong. But yeah, like you think at some point he wasn't a murderer. You know, he wasn't a murderer when he was on a plane to Miami coming here. What happened? How do you go from just being... <laughs> And then that's what the, the podcast is. It's really, it's a mix between the meta of like my story of what, and then his story. So what was it like even writing to him in the first place? And was it scary? Uh, were of you guys course. scared? I mean, yeah. let's walk me through these. I'm, I'm sure there's so many emotions you go through. It's even every day. Like I'll be like in the middle of a recording session and I'll be like, you have a call from a correctional institution. And you're still like, always like, I do even though it's like you talk every day. But yeah, first time writing a letter to like, you know, it was Indian Town Correctional Institution or whatever back then. And then getting the letter back and then seeing the handwriting and then going, oh my God, this was written by the hands that killed Sister Michelle. And you could see they pressed really hard on the paper. Back then it was paper. Now they have an email service. Uh, but the paper was like, I would keep every letter. I still have a bunch, but um, I don't know. I could analyze the handwriting and be like, this is, is this normal? I don't know, but I, you know, I was just a college girl. Yeah. You were an amateur know. investigator. Yeah. But and it's amazing. Was cool. Okay. Yeah. And what, I mean, it's fascinating because this is a story so many years in the making. You published this sacred scandal in 2020, 2021. 2020. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that takes so much time. What really drew you to true crime and investigation i know now you're anastasia i don't know whatever what draws you because it's in you it's like in your blood it's i don't know what it is i don't know i i just there is like this curiosity of course like uh, it's curiosity for me it was just like always wanting to know things since i was a little girl i just wanted to ask every question on the face of the planet to my mom why is this why why but why but why like that those are the traits that make that think the beginning of who we are uh is curiosity and then uh, it's just insane that we are all people and that some people take that extra step to do that. It is so fascinating. And I mean, it's, you know, there's two things there that you spoke about that are interesting in your own role and in your own time as a podcaster and investigator, all these things. It's amazing that the element of curiosity became such a superpower where I'm sure, like you said, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, that's that kid's asking way too many questions. Like they're being annoying, but that is actually, you're yeah. doing that for real now. Like you're a professional question. Kind of. Asker. Yeah. Yeah. Finding the, that is really interesting. I did end up becoming, yeah, that's, I hadn't thought of that, that those questions ended up taking me somewhere. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, yeah, it was like, where is this guy? Where is this guy that was like acute, like that Mihailo keeps saying Mihailo's our killer. 
our killer in this case uh he keeps saying yeah he's actually abused me he's actually abused me he's actually abused me and we're like okay where is he and then we're like fuck he's in ukraine and this is before the war but we had no indication that there was going to be a war but when we got there so i came back to miami after this we were there like 10 days and the war broke out three weeks later but in the podcast you could hear me go are those military tracks <laughs> you could hear me be like what's that like oh my god thunder sorry god um, <laughs> I just had lightning over here too. You yeah. are close enough. For those who don't know, we're both, you know, beachside <laughs> gals. We love, love it. But yeah, back babe. to the war. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sound was a war sound. Vibe check. Oh, God. Yeah, no, and it's super sad that it's almost the end of his sentence too. He paid. He did his third twenty-eight years. Uh, two off for like good behavior, or no, no, it was a plea deal. Two off for the time he had done before the, you know. And um, now he's going back to a war-torn, like, Ukraine. And, you know, he gets out in 2026. And so every day I'm like, God, are your parents okay? Because that's all we want is for him to just get to see his, his parents again. That was crazy seeing his parents and, like, going into their tiny little living room and seeing a picture of me and my best friend is Mihailo and us two as, like, the centerpieces of I was like, oh, my God. You don't realize because you have other shit going on in your life. But when you realize that this is, you're important to these beautiful town people you're like damn and now more of a responsibility to go back to Miami and edit this podcast and make it like do justice to like or, or try to find you know and and it did you know and finding this priest it was that's all I, I needed to do after I saw his parents I was like I can't promise you but I'm gonna try to talk to him and he hasn't spoken in 20 years to anybody he didn't talk to a single lawyer he pled the fifth to over 500 questions but I'm gonna try to talk to this guy I promise you and you have to hear the podcast to see if we did or not. But yeah, I don't. I don't want anyone to reveal <laughs> too much. But it's so amazing. How has it been since you know after the war broke out and thinking about all these people that you had met? That to me was insane. Like coming back and going, "Oh no, our translator, Yulia, how are you? Oh my God, is everything okay? Shit, yeah, dude. The people you meet, his parents, all that, insane. And then being like, oh God." there's a bomb in Lviv and I've landed in Lviv and no, you think of the thing insane. I was glued to the television. Sure. Everyone was, and they hadn't even been there, but we were all glued. And it's kind of sad too, to see how like the media just kind of lets it go little by little. It's just like just the big headlines, which I mean happens, but it's very real. And it's, he called me and he's like, my friend died or like my, my friend from, he tells me stuff like that. And it's dude, Dude, but the culture shock, insane. Latin girl in Ukraine, don't recommend. I'd be like, oh my God, I love your dog. It's so cute. Can I touch it? And I'd just be met with like, oh yeah. No, they, the Eastern Europeans do not like that. I mean, listen, I was born in Russia, which is different than Ukraine, but it's still a very similar culture. I would go and smile at people and, you know, in the store, like the same way you do at Publix or Trader Joe's. They'd be like, do I know you? <laughs> oh god and it's but you know what it is i also say those cultures have such national trauma that you understand why they are so suspicious of people Dude, and they're just free everyone's freezing their ass off so i guess i was just happy that it was, that it was cold and i'm from miami and i hate the heat so i was in a great mood you are from chile <laughs> yeah, i was telling me i love too i was like dude like how are you gonna, and you have, you know, and it's funny, you, you feel like, oh, you talk to a killer by dude, honestly, after so many years, you 
just see the person behind what they did. I, I don't know. So I just, I say dude to him, but I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't think you're going to end up with a Ukrainian. He's never had a girlfriend. He's never kissed a girl. Think about that. He's going to be released. And we were talking about that today. I was like, I think you probably just end up with Spaniard. And I think, and we've talked, I'm like, are you going to tell them what you did? Is that going to be a thing? And we're, I mean, only friend to walk through it, you know, to kind of go, what do we do? It's so amazing. You're the empathy that took you on this journey. And it's interesting because I, I, I was looking at before we had this interview about some of these statistics on true crime. And it is a thing that women are so drawn to true crime and I think it is because we have this empathy, because we empathy. try to find the good in people and we try to see, oh, everyone was a child at one point and now they're this person. Yeah. And it's, I just commend you for okay. helping this person because walk through this, because even though, yes, they did a horrible thing, I at the end of the day, you need someone to help you to be better or else to be better, right? Nothing else. You have nothing else to, to be like, not in your dark mind. Yeah. And I think it is, it is important for someone that's been so off the deep end and can have, that has been evil to not be cast out completely from society and to have at least one or two, one person who can go, Hey dude, you're not what you did. You're not what you did. You know, you might be awful for what you did, but you're not what you did. And there's other parts of you. And it's so fascinating because you are a woman of many facets. You have this true crime side where, <laughs> and but then you also are a comedian and a voice actor. I had so much fun looking at your reel, listening to your reel. Oh my and God, did I send it to you? I just Googled you because I do my research because I'm a journalist. Uh. I love that. <laughs> And I, it's so amazing because I know your voice, but to see you embody all these different people. Uh, oh. And I know it's a little bit of a switching gears, but it's with voice acting, how, what has it been like to be able to embody all these characters and tell all these other stories through It's just so much voice? fun. It's okay. So I always wanted to be an actress. You always want to be an actress. That's who I want to be. I want to be, I want to be. And then when I finally started auditioning, I wasn't like this tall, like, perfect supermodel bitch that wanted to live in the gym. God bless them. Love you girls. I, I admire you. And you can take work you girls like, yeah, hell yes. All, but I'm not like, <laughs> we like, have to I know our limits. Not, no hate. No, like just straight up hats off. It's so much hard work. And I just didn't have it in me to be that like strong. So I, my agent would be like, you're such a good actress. You're so pretty. Lose the belly or like tone up your muscles. And I was like, 40 pounds thinner than I am now. And I was still like being like bullied every day. Not bullied, just guided or just uh, giving me loving advice. But it would rush me, dude. And I became bulimic and I was not happy. And I was trying to be this person. And I always say to know like what you should look like or whatever, look at a picture of your grandma. And my grandma was always like pleasantly plump. And I was like, I'm like her, like I'm, that's my genetic, normal, like body type. I shouldn't feel bad. If you're looking like way different than your grandma. Maybe that's okay. Like maybe look at your paternal grandma, but yeah, there's multiple grandmas. You never know. Right. So, but yeah, so that fed me up and I was like, oh, so I can't be an actress. Okay. Cause I'm always going to be, and I would only get cast in Telemundo soap operas as the maid, right. Or the nurse. Wow. Like, like, señora, la buscan. 
Is Senor wow. Amanda por teléfono? Like, I, oh, oh, my only three lines were like, they're looking for you or you get a phone call or, or whatever. I'm sorry, but the Telemundo soap opera, I know it's like that this is a, a, we're talking through a traumatic time. You're like, I had bulimia, but you on the Telemundo soap opera, just playing it as real as you could just cracks me up because <laughs> that is the that is another level of soap yeah opera. and i was driving so, around putting on my maid outfit don't even worry i just put i mean hot maid, maid. Yes. i i would hire you <laughs> the you would like clean the house and just a shirt and leggings no they needed to be dressed like the help and these soaps take place like today but they still dress their help i was down i was down i did it but i felt like God, I could just be so much better. And I would go into audition. My agent would be like, there's a role, there's a speaking role. She's not a maid. Try to diet, try to lose a couple of pounds before you come in. Definitely dress, cover that belly. Like she would just say it. This like love that just felt so fucking ugh. Anyway, so then one day I was like, okay. And I knew that this girl from theater had been doing VO. And I was like, babe, I hate to like ask for this, but like, how do I get into this? And once you're in, it's, I get it. Everybody asks you. And that's the thing. I get a message probably every week. How can I get into VO? How can I get into VO? How, and most of them, I'm like, are you an actor? You're not? Then I take acting. Like that. that's the thing. If you're an actor, then yes, I will honor that question. But it's like, almost like Anastasia, like if I was like, Hey, babe, can you get me into the news? I really want to do the news because I have great hair. You'd be a little bit like, no, like it takes hard work. I went to school. Like I did this. You feel a little like your job's being. So I felt like maybe, but she was like, you're an actor. We've done a million plays together. Absolutely. Let's go in. And when I saw that I could be a hot and I would voice the Telemundo novellas, I check this out. The novella that I was the maiden, I voiced one of the leads in and I ended up voicing her in English. And then some other girl voiced me. And that's such a full circle moment. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow. And that's when I realized. And I didn't have to go to the gym for that. And it was awesome. It was like the best. And then I could be a little crab or a little soccer player boy anime and like this. And like, it, there was just no, it was endless. And it was just all talent. And it was magical. And I love it. <laughs> it still is. It's yeah. so amazing that the work you do, because it's, you do hear a lot of people talking about wanting to do voiceover. And I look at the work you've done. And one of the most amazing things about the medium is a, you don't have to, you don't have to comply with all of these kind of unrealistic standards, right. truly unrealistic standards. But the other thing too, is there's this power of animation that anything can happen. You could be anything. You could be anyone. You're, I know you're doing, you're doing voice acting for all these international cartoons. What are some of yeah. the most unexpected and interesting characters that you've embodied? How far? Not so it- unexpected, but I'm a hooker and uh, like a fabulous hooker named Classy on South Park. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> love her. And she was huge. She was like not so big in the episode, but then in the video game, she was like the guide. It was awesome. And then I had a few. I'm the the new principal, the new vice principal, strong woman, who's like the feminist principal on South Park. <laughs> you know, it's fun because in Spanish, you can be a lot of things that are recognizable because they've, they've been done in English. So you would know, everyone would know them. But the things I do in other languages, the things like Russian, we do a lot. We used to do a lot of Russian projects now. 
Yeah, we got <laughs> the Russian projects into English. We did a lot. Uh, like some of the coolest stuff I think I've done is stuff that comes from other countries that we've done into English. Uh, but recognizable, yeah, it was like the Companion and Doctor Who, the really cute this girl Bill Potts, like just really cool shows. Californication, I think that was a couple of characters in the old Nurse Jackie back then. But like cartoons, dude, hundreds like that are in other languages that you would never know because you don't know them because they're from like Brazil. And the, but like you're saying, you've been a crab. Like, what are some of the some of the actual physical things? That oh, are, little god, they, that, that your oh voice has been attached to that you're like, whoa, whoa I never thought I'd be that. <laughs> I'm like great, like little fat boys, just like these kids are like bullies or like whatever, and like they're not really get along with anybody else. And they kind of like that voice, like everyone like. I get a lot of that guy. I don't know who he is, but like I play, use him for the leader of the bees or there's a bee movie that got made in like France where I was like the big fat bee that was like fighting with everyone. Stuff like that. Bee body oh. shaving. <laughs> there's a boy living in me for sure. Like, Oh there. my God. I feel like you're about to take my lunch money. Like I was <laughs> shaking. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for having me on. But enough of about course. me. What's up with you? Oh my God. No, what's up with me? This is what's up with me. I the thing is, like, I started this project because I've I had done a podcast before with my lovely best friend Ashley Diaz. She's on the West Coast and she's her. very, I know, she's very involved in comedy. And I kind of took I've taken a two-year break from comedy. So it was a little forced for me to go specific and just say, like, comedy is my niche. So I came from this place thinking, I don't really have a niche because I have so many different things because my background is journalism. Hell like yeah. my niches are current conversation. That's really yeah. what it is. A hundred percent. That was your standup was a lot like that too. Yeah. Know? And I, and the thing is I'm, I become like an expert for whatever I am covering or discussing that day. And it's oh, like yeah. a short-term expertise until I speak to the next person. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it is. So right now, this, this project is, I'm really excited because I haven't been able to show this side of me outside of doing interviews from behind the scenes as a producer in the journalism world. I haven't yeah. really been able to flex this conversation interview muscle. So the same way that you had something in you driving you to do, uh, you know, to have this conversation that led you yeah. to sacred scandal and to do all these other things. There's something that's driving me right now to speak with you um, and to I then put that. this out into the universe. And, you know, I could see you being a talk show host. Big yeah. time. We're manifesting it. <laughs> Dude, I see it. Like Anna, oh my God, I see that for you. What's so fascinating about you is that you're so inspired by the world around you. Not I only so, right? did hmm. you do this, you did this podcast based on your own story and your own experience from this person you from high school. You also did a podcast about your apartment building. Oh, yeah. Tell me how that came to be and how, because people in places and you can get in sort of romanticism moments. I think that as storytellers, we see it sometimes or we get very fascinated and interested. What really made you take that to the next step to say, hey, I want to share oh, this. That, up. that is so great that you asked me that, dude. Okay, so on Sacred Scandal, I had an amazing producer and a writer that we brought in named Dennis Wong. This guy is an amazing audio producer, right? This British guy, just the way he he approaches a podcast with love, like a film. If you hear my 30-minute podcast episode about my apartment building in Miami, we recorded audio for about four months. 
there were hard drives upon hard drives of interviews of clips of me going talking to my neighbors and they boiled it. I thought it was going to be a season. <laughs> no, they were like, this is the best 30 minutes. And this is what it is. And I was like, I learned so much in that process. Basically. So Dame Dennis Funk that did Sacred Scandal came down here to work on Sacred Scandal in my pink apart- apartment building that's on the Bay. And it's like the cutest 1950s mid-century little pink building. It's historically protected and it's on the water. So it's one of the last places that a normal person like me will ever be able to afford living on the water before they kick everybody out, destroy every building and make huge multi-million dollar. So he saw that when he was here and I was like, this building is really special. I was like, you should see. I was like, it's 20 units and I'm best friends with everybody and everyone that lives here is mostly older and they're all men and they're all single and at first it was going to be called men of the Lido the, the <laughs> and because I, I showed him like a few pictures I was like that's Eddie Lim and I had every man pose four or five neighbors pose, pose against the pink wall and all of them in the little were like the one Jacob he's 70 and he worked for American Airlines so he was in his American Airlines jumpsuit with like slick back hair it was just like a really cool five pictures of different completely different older men against a pink background. And that's how I sold it. That's how I sent him those pictures. And I was like, I have a story here, man. These people are, in. why are they all living in a pink building? Why are they all alone? Who are these men? What's going on? I'm friends with all of them. They tell me all of their stories. Why? And he was like, let me pitch. Let me see what I can do. And then the pineapple, then the 11th was like, ah, oh, okay. And then they met with me and they were like, okay, let's do it. And so that meant that they gave me guidance and writers that would like later take all my interviews and put together a little story, a little narrative of like, why does this matter? Who, who cares? So it's slice of life. But I think the main thing that you'll take away from the podcast is, yeah, that this is going to be a lost these little buildings like this, these old little buildings that are in front of the water, that's not going to be in the future, in this country, in the city at all. So there's like a romanticism and a sadness there, but it's funny. It's cool. Listen to it. Delete I it. love it. I also love that you like borderline had your own version of the golden bachelor of the Lido bachelors. <laughs> there's still an opportunity there. <laughs> that's genius. Dude, I had so many people hit me up like, where's the next episode? And I was like, I know. <laughs> now we need to find them love. <laughs> I, that's really true. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love that you talk about all the effort that it takes into telling the stories that you tell because they are so involved. Really, what are some of the things that you never really expected before you actually worked with these bigger teams, with these bigger production teams that you got to see? Because once you hear it, you're like, it it sounds so perfect. And it sounds the right way it should be. And that's at its best, at the best audio yeah. engineers make it sound that way. Because yeah. it, you, so how, what does it take to make something sound so effortless, but with effort at the same time? That is a really good question, dude, because that's exactly how it ended up sounding. Oh, she shot on in one afternoon. And it, and it was incredible that it took many turns too. They were like, it was going to be this. And then somebody else came into the picture. This girl, Lena, who's amazing. She used to write for This American Life. She, we had her. So she came in to piece all this together. They divided like interviews. They like each one got different neighbors of mine. And then they would talk about what important thing was about these neighbors. And it's kind of like, in a way, I would see my friends every like my neighbors. And I'd be, oh my God, I'm like doing this about them. And like <laughs> they knew I would record them. They knew I had my microphone in their face all the time. 
but it still felt like I'm doing like a product of them and a sense of has to have to paint them in a good picture, but not everything they say is in a good light. Some of them have their men of their time and they may say things that are not of this time <laughs> might get a little cancelly yeah <laughs> and that's one thing that I, that I loved about this team that they weren't and they're from LA and New York and they weren't like exploitative about any of that or they weren't like look at these Miami men being gross they understood and I made they would listen to me all the time I would have these meetings and I'd be like he doesn't know anything else and if we focus on that and Dennis was great at that too and so it was cool just to work with a team that that didn't want a desolacious thing and they wanted just the really beautiful essence of it all which was this, this is all going to be gone and these this is just like a snapshot of this moment in time and space in Miami that is like we are the luckiest people on earth right now and that's it why are you so passionate about telling Miami stories specifically and so oh. and Florida stories because a lot of people South Florida is a place that if people are not from here they don't understand how you can get very jaded. I think everyone's a little bit jaded. That's the yeah. only way I can describe yeah. living here because people, they know they're incredibly lucky to live in this place that is sexy and loud and fast and diverse. <laughs> That's a good way to uh, say it. There's, it's, there's this nature, but then there's also people just, you have all these things intersecting. So that's one of the things that I love about Miami. But those are the same things that make people hate Miami for lack yeah. of a better word or just like yeah. Miami. So why is it that you as a storyteller choose to show these slices of life and these pieces yeah. of Florida and Florida people? I think it's exposing like the part of Miami that it isn't. It's just seeing what you and I see every day in Miami too. Is It's not like the chicks in the bikinis and like the drugs and like the fast cars. There's Sometimes it is. <laughs> but I love like the dude that like, why is there a Byzantine Catholic church in the middle of what? Huh? My neighbor from Singapore has all these sayings from Singapore that he tells me on the dock while he pets his cat. It's like such a random, it's very, I just would see like a Wes Anderson movie out of all of my neighbors at all times. I'd be like, this isn't, this is, and it's like just a, you know, because cities like this need to be explored so much like underneath that glam and glitz just to see, so you could see The, the reality, humor, the, the ironies, the Jesus, the really the sacred scandal was an easy one. Really, you're going to put on, hold on, a, a monastery? For monks take a vow of, of celibacy, of poverty, of all, you want monks in Miami. I wanted to name the, the podcast that at one, at one point, but there were many names, but what? Why? Like there's like, monks are supposed to be on top of a mountain praying. So that's, I think the juxtaposition, the, what you don't expect about a place. Thing is what makes me excited is just like the and like a comic the element of surprise um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you're just a miami person a <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, miami person <laughs> and what else are you working on right now i know you are producing some comedy shows you are working on a new show what else can we look forward to i know we've talked about a lot of what you've done but i want to hear what's next Okay, basically, because I did Sacred Scandal, I got a really good gig with a &E, the podcast. They, a &E, the, the podcast, the network. Manifested. a and &E, <laughs> &E had a network, and then they had a podcast network, and then they got me to be the host of Cold Case Files. I couldn't believe it when I got that email. I was like, huh? What? 
Yeah, it's amazing. But then they shut down their department. I did a bunch of episodes of Cold Case Files, but they were being produced by a really cool company called Law and Crime. So I have two really awesome podcasts in the work with them, works with them. I don't know if the trailers are out. I'm going to say it and then you can air it if the trailers are out. If not, I think I saw one of them was out for the rapper. The, the, okay. the rapper. So yes. one of them <laughs> is the YNW Melly murder trial, which is a double murder that takes place in Miramar where it's pretty insane that kid had everything going for him and i'm and it's so cool to get to do another miami story and it was on coincidence because law and crime just wanted me to narrate their next podcast and it happened to be in miami and i am having a lot of fun with that one it's a really it's a really twisted we'll talk about it eventually when it comes out because i don't want any spoilers and then the other one is called severed affair and it's about this woman that cut off the head of her lover and put it in a bucket the trial is insane but yeah, I'm working on that podcast there. So yeah, they've like, I have those two working on those and YNW Melly and Severed Affair, a lot long crime uh, network, but they're good. They're going to be released to Wondery, the Wondery app. So for you, as someone who is specializing in true crime, how, what is it like for you to be dealing with some of these difficult things and how do you compartmentalize it? That's a really good question. With Sacred Scandal, it was really hard to compartmentalize. I couldn't shake off that interview with the priest for months. I still can't hear it. I cannot hear it. I cannot hear. That was edited by somebody else. I cannot. I'm not like you. I didn't go to school for journalism. I'm not a trained pro. I was a girl that had a, a murder happen and just went into it. So there's a difference between us. Like you are a professional about this. I'm just navigating my way through it. And I sleep like shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have this one with the head in the bucket or whatever. I'm just like, <laughs> there is a, something a little bit that, yes, I think as a society, we have desensitized to violence because it, we're especially these true crime girls that we are hardcore true crime fans. We're a little bit like desensitized because we are exposed to it. But yeah, when you're close to it, it's, it's uh, that's a word, big word that comes out in sacred handle between me and my friend is how to compartmentalize like Mihailo, what he did, and Mihailo, the person that calls us every day to talk about the weather. It's a I'm lot. Not I'm not good at it, Anastasia. <laughs> I know, but you are so incredible and so talented. I'm going to end it here. I'm so happy that I got to have you here, Polly. Thank you so you. much. Oh, I love you. And please, everyone, listen to all of Polly's projects. Follow her. Make sure to keep up to date with everything she's doing. Could you sign us off with one of your voices? <laughs> oh my God. Muchas gracias por ver. This is, this is an announcer. Muchas gracias por ver el podcast de Anastasia. Analyzation. Analyzation? Analyzation. Sí. <laughs> Muchas gracias por ver el podcast de Anastasia. Analyzation. Solamente tienes que. Uh, God damn, I need to have the full text. Jesus. <clears throat> but you get it. You get it. Muchas gracias. <laughs> mucho. Adios. Adios. <laughs>Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe. And for more from Polly, check out the episode notes. Bye.